What the heck is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Snowbike Mike, welcoming you back to another Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. It's a big week. It's a huge week, and it's an exciting episode. Me and my co-host, Gary Witta, get to talk all things Xbox Series X. Gary, how you doing this week? I'm good. I'm excited to get uh, into this with you. It's here. All, all this waiting. We've been waiting for for the new new generation uh, for the longest time, and like it's really here. Obviously, uh, for people listening to this podcast, it's like what, like less than a week away from launch day. But of course, the privileged few, like you and me, Mike, we're already there. Next gen has arrived. We've got the consoles. We've been playing with them. Um, it's exciting. I you know, this this I when uh, when when the box came the other day. Uh, I was just kind of like giddy with glee. And I was saying to my, I always felt like the need to apologize to my wife. I was like, look, let, let me have this. You know, 2020 has sucked. Like these moments only, these next gen moments only happen like once every five or six years. PC gaming is great, but you don't have that, right? Because PC gaming is more of an incremental thing. Like you get excited about video cards and, you know, but your machine, your PC kind of evolves more gradually kind of piece by piece but with with console gaming like once every five six seven years you get the big momentous upgrade and this is the week that we get you know this is like a once almost like a once in a decade moment when the new hardware arrives and we finally get to take that leap to the next generation it's exciting it's super exciting gary it's been a terrific week over here in the sbm household we've had a lot of fun and i know over at your house you've had a lot of fun with this console so we're going to be deep diving into that because today is the day you're going to see everyone around the globe who has had the early access into these consoles they're going to be sharing their thoughts and impressions of this next generation with xbox so get ready for all of the content that you could be asking for before the release of the xbox series s and x but before all of that we got to get into some housekeeping news and of course i want to start the show by saying thank you to all the best friends around the globe who have watched listened and supported the kind of funny x cast we told y'all, we came in with one goal, and that was to make it up to launch of this new console. And we have done that. We have had some incredible weeks. We've had an awesome co-host and Alana Pierce that will miss forever. She's stepping down to go do some awesome things. But She's dead to it's us. It's hard to believe. Forever. She's dead. I can't say I mean, that to you, Alana. I love you still. It's, it's her loss, Mike. She ducks out right before the fun begins, right, as the consoles actually show up. And now we can start, get to start playing with them. Exactly. After weeks of speculations, hoping, wishing, waiting, we are finally here. So thank you to all the best friends around the globe who have supported the Kind of Funny X cast, whether you're watching, listening, sharing it with your friends. We are now here and the next generation is upon us. On top of that, of course, each and every Saturday on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, you can catch the Kind of Funny X cast hosted at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time. And of course, on podcast services around the globe. On top of that, Kind of Funny has a suite of awesome entertainment and video game related podcast shows, live streams on Twitch. So make sure to go check them out. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny, and of course, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Make sure to go check them all out and all of the awesome content that this team creates. But enough of the housekeeping news. Let's jump into it, Gary. Last week, we didn't get to share our impressions of the unboxing, but this week we get to talk about everything. So let's start with the unboxing. Gary, you and I got this incredible Xbox Series Xbox. This yeah. is the retail yeah. version of what everybody's going to get. What were your thoughts when you received this box? Well, first of all, mine appears to be backwards. So clearly they sent me a defective uh, unit. I don't know why it's, it's flipped. <laughs> <laughs> they always flip my camera on kind of funny. So it looks like I'm facing you rather than facing away. I get it. But yeah, the, so um, first of all, thank you so much to Microsoft. Very generous of you to... Uh, 
send these send these out uh, in what I guess was like a second wave. There was like an initial first wave that went out to very very select influencers, and then you know the second wave, and we got um, ours. And um, I toyed with the idea of um, doing an unboxing on stream, but that was kind of embargoed, which meant like I, I either had to like wait a few days to unbox it. Uh, or I originally toyed with the idea of like, I'm going to unbox it, but unbox it really carefully and then put it all back together and do like a, like a, and do like a re unboxing. That would be, that would be dedication. Yeah. I would have respected. Well, that. Here, here's the thing though. Once and so we can start getting into it, like the unboxing experience. And, and this is all part of it, Mike, you know, this we'll become like kids on Christmas this time of year. Like just the very, just the very act of like, you know, breaking the seal on the box and opening up. It's all part of the, of the magic, right? Of of getting of getting the next kind. We we're all basically that ten year old kid getting their Super Nintendo or whatever it was that they got. We become that person again, and I love those magic uh, moments. Um, and I will say that the unboxing experience they 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 really put a lot of care into it. Like just the very nature in which the box itself is built and opens, and then when you open it up, the the the, the console itself is very elegantly kind of gift wrapped and packaged inside. It has a very premium feel to it. It's just very well packaged. But as soon as I opened it up and I saw how it was boxed, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, nothing, nothing's getting rewrapped. I can't replicate. Once, once, you know, I've ripped all the wrapping paper off, like it's, I'm not going to be able to put this back together. So I just thought, screw it. I'm getting it. I'm, I'm going to get There's a million unboxings right now. You did one. Many other people did one on stream. Does really, did you really need the Gary Witter unboxing on top of that? Probably not. So I just, I rationalized that and tore the thing open and, and started setting it up. What would, what would, I know you did a video, Mike. What was your first uh, experience? Like just with the unboxing like for you? Yeah, that was a really special moment for me. I was taken back to the Xbox 360 days, sitting in front of a Circuit City with my mom and holding that box for the first time and, you know, really enjoying the moment of getting to unbox something so special to me. And so it brought back a lot of nostalgia. And I have to say, like you said, the box is super high quality, right? When you open it up, you are presented with what feels like the next generation of gaming. And on the flip side, it's also very minimalistic, right? When you look inside the box, Gary, you and I, there's a controller. There's two cables and there's the console. There's yeah. nothing else to worry about. There's no extra frills. There's nothing else that would get in my way. It is, here's the console, go have some fun. So I really thought that that was what made it for me was it's minimal, it's easy, and it's so presentable to show off to your friends and family. And I, and I, and I liked the aesthetic of it. The idea, It's almost like a box. You know, it's once you open it up, the, the, the Series X itself is then wrapped again in like this kind of black uh stuff and there's like another it's like an it's like a, it's like a big gourmet chocolate or something that's in like, like the biggest like godiva chocolate or whatever that you would ever buy from the store like a giant like novelty one or something but yeah but when you open it up you almost expect like the light from the pulp fiction briefcase to kind of shine on you or something it's like oh like a choir of angels because it's just like oh new generation it's so cool um so the unboxing experience was uh fun and i gotta say so I, my wife was sitting next to me and after all the conversations about, oh my God, this new generation of consoles, like they're so big, you know, the Xbox fridge meme and PlayStation 5, we know is like comically large and all these things, like these are chunky, chunky boys, these new consoles. When I, I maybe it's because it was overhyped or something, when I finally got it out, and again, like you never know, like you can see all kinds of videos of someone holding it, but it's never the same as when you actually hold it. So only then do you really get a sense of like the actual scale and the weight and the heft of everything. And when I got it out, um, the very first thing my wife said was, oh, it's not as big as I thought it was going to be. Like, because again, I think she'd like imagined it was going to, it was going to be like a fridge or something, like a mini, like one of those little mini fridges that's like massive. But it's really, it's, I mean, it's definitely bigger than the consoles have been in the past, but I don't think it's obnoxiously big. And I think the fact that 
it's such a straightforward minimalist design. I mean, it really is just a cuboid. That's just all it is, just all 90-degree angles, totally straight. The, the only thing that really is any kind of concession to uh, uh, like a design flourish is, is kind of the concave grill on the top with the green paint. And that's an, I'll talk about that as well. But it's, it's just a really, really simple design. And so... Um, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been really happy with it. And there was some discussion in my house about, well, where's it going to go? You know, because it is bigger. I don't want to just shove it on a little shelf where there might be restricted airflow. I want to have lots of airflow around it. So for the first time, we just put it on top of our entertainment center and there it sits, you know, like the 2001 monolith with black slab, but now it's there. It's just there. Like it doesn't draw the eye to it in like a, what the bloody hell is that thing kind of way. It's, it's fine. It fits in with everything else on the top of my console and uh, the top of my entertainment center, and I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, it's really cool, Gary. I love that you brought up the kind of green in that you know exhaust grill. We'll call it up on the top of. It's really cool. You can see it. I'm looking at it right now, and I can see just a little bit of the green glowing in the middle. And if I stand up, I get a little yeah. bit more. And you can go back. I was going to mention I that. It in the I showed I, it in the Xbox unboxing of like. How it goes in and out, Gary. I right. thought that was really cool. I was really, really hoping, and when we had Phil Spencer on Animal Talk, and I kind of said, oh, you should have put an LED in there. Like, let's have some green light actually coming out. And it was like, you know, the, the problem is that that would be nice, but like every every additional component costs a little bit more and drives up, you know, their margins or whatever, narrows their margins on what they can make selling these things. So it's just paint. I'm like, oh, that's not very impressive. But once you actually get it, you're right, Mike. What I like about it is the way that they painted it into those exhaust uh, holes is it does kind of create this neat kind of optical illusion effect, right? That as you change your, like if you stand there and say, okay, you see green or you don't see green. But as you kind of go like that and just like change your angle that you're looking at, the green kind of like almost feels like it's moving, like coming and going as you, like as you walk past it, if you like keep your eye on it the whole time, you'll see the green kind of shimmer in and then shimmer out again. For, for, for an effect that is just simple as some green paint around those little holes is actually a really kind of pleasing optical illusion that they created. Yeah, it's really cool, Gary. And I will say, you know, we've had some questions before of like, hey, are those holes up on the top exhaust too big? Should I worry if I have children around the house that could put stuff into it? And it had me laughing because I said to myself as a single guy living with just two pug dogs, I'm like, hey, nobody putting that stuff in there. And it was funny enough, I had a friend who has two kids and one of his daughters shoved in three of his credit cards into the disc tray. And so oh, once God. he told me that story, I was like, well, I guess anything is possible. And so I did want to bring that up because these holes are kind of big there, Gary. They yeah. are large enough to, you know, fit the bottom of a pen in, not all the way you can through. Get a pen, you can get a pencil you can in there. You can get something in there for sure, Gary. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, listen, I mean, just in general, it's a whole different world when you've got kids, Mike. I mean, the, the, way, that, the way that you have to childproof all your stuff. Uh, and, we, and, we, and, we've all, and we've all seen, like, since the days of the VCR, we've seen, you know, pictures of, like, kids who, like, shove their PB&J in the VCR, you know, you know, cassette slot and ruined it. And that, that's been going on all our lives. And yeah, if you've got like fancy hardware, anything that's got some kind of slot or a tray or something, if you've got young children, you always have to be really, really, really aware of that. My my daughter's eight now, so she's too old to like, you know, I told her like, you know, don't put anything in these holes and she knows better than than to do that. But if you've got like a, like a four-year-old or something who's walking around with a bag of Skittles and starts thinking, you know, and suddenly the next thing you know, your Xbox Series X is rattling because there's a bunch of Skittles going around and maybe they're melting because it's hot inside. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen um, I, yeah, I would, I would absolutely, um, issue this cautionary tale. I think the exhaust on the top is uh, a really cool design, uh, both aesthetically and probably practically, you know, Phil talked a lot about, you know, thermals and airflow. We all saw not so much on the Xbox side, but on the PlayStation four side, especially with the pro, we saw how noisy it got. And I, I think, you know, both PlayStation and Xbox 
have taken their own design approaches to how to minimize that. They really don't want these things to get too hot. They really don't want to get too loud, which is part of the reason why they're so big to begin with, but why they really, really have accentuated airflow. Excuse me, I'm going to cough. <coughs> when you see these big exhaust holes on the top, and when you see like how big the fans are inside the PlayStation 5, because the PlayStation 5 is really easy to take apart and see the internal design of it, you can see just how, how big a factor airflow and thermal cooling was in these new designs because they're running at such high clock speeds. They, you know, it has to be a big factor in, in their design. Again, how do, you, how do you execute that practically? Well, big-ass holes is how Microsoft is, is doing it, apparently, and turning it into a cool design feature. Um, but I would say wherever, when, you know, when, when you're going through that fun little ritual of figuring out like where you're going to put your Series X, are you going to put it horizontally, vertically? Is it going to go on a shelf or whatever? A, make sure that you're not jamming into like a slot where there's not a lot of room for air to circulate in and out. You know, make sure there's plenty of clearance around it either way, especially near that top vent. And if you've got kids, maybe maybe if it's on its side, it's not such a big deal. But if it's anything where like kids could just drop drop like little M&Ms or Skittles in there or whatever, which they easily could with the size of these holes or anything. They've got marbles. Who the hell knows what kids are carrying around? Boogers. God knows what they're doing, picking their nose and sticking their boogers in there. Um, just be really aware of that. Like, don't don't put it in a place where it's easy for like if you've got like a three, four, five year old kid, they could come by and drop stuff in there. So definitely, definitely a different equation this time around for uh, gamers with young children. No doubt. Gary, talking about the orientation, right? For me, during the kind of funny unboxing that I did with Tim and the gang, I said, "Hey, this vertically is incredible. This is something I want to show off to my friends. I want it in the front center. I want people to see it standing up. I want them to yeah. see." that green glow. What did you think about it horizontally though? I try, I tried it both ways and it's always funny, you know, when, whenever they put out their marketing materials, you know, whether it be Apple or Sony or Microsoft, Google, any company that's like rolling out a new product in the product pictures, they always kind of arrange it in a way that they think is like the way it should be arranged. And on this occasion, um, both Microsoft and Sony are kind of telling you that the horizontal, sorry, the vertical, uh, orientation is really like the preferred, you know, the, like this. We think this is like the default way to orient it. Of course, it can be put on its side. The PlayStation 5 can be put on its side. But again, you'll notice, so for example, in Sony's marketing materials, and I think in Xbox as well, they very rarely show it on its side. They think, you know, it looks best standing up. Um, and I, I, I and I agree. I, I, I don't know about the, again, the PlayStation 5 is so tall. I literally can't put it underneath my TV without it obscuring part of the bottom, like part of the screen. Those little prongs are going to stick up. I may have to put it on its side. Uh, the Xbox is like shorter and squatter than that. So it's not, um, a problem. I did, you know, we toyed with the idea of putting, I did, I tried to put it on its side. So it looks fine. It just looks like a big fat Xbox one X basically like a really chubby one. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's a statement. Um, when you put it on it, when you, when you stand it up, it has, it does have this kind of tower of power kind of feel to it. It's not, not, not like any console we've seen before in that regard. It's cool. I like it a lot. We've got, we've, we've got it standing up. I think it looks good. Um, just a couple of additional points on that. I'm really curious about why they put that circular plate on the underside. Cause this is something to think about if you're going to arrange it vertically as well. There's a circular plate on the bottom of the Series X, which doesn't detach. It's just built into the design of the Xbox. It's there, you can't take it off. And it means that when you sit, I'd, I'd be curious to know what the de de design decision was. Um, when when you put it down, it's standing on this little bit of clearance, right? That the Like a quarter of an inch that that bottom plate creates. And it's fine, it just may, it may, may, it's not sitting directly. I don't know why it couldn't just sit directly on any flat surface, but they have this, circular plate there that gives you this tiny little bit of clearance again to put that its purpose i don't know all i know is that when you put it on its side 
that circular plate on the bottom then becomes the side piece. And that is very visible. If you don't like the look of that, maybe that's a reason to not align it on its side. I don't understand the, the, the mystery of the circular plate eludes me. I'm sure there's a reason for it. I'd be fascinated to hear from Microsoft why it's there. It's a design decision they made either, either aesthetically or for practical reasons. But um, for me, it was a reason to not put it on its side because I don't want to oh, see that. that's interesting. I, I, I don't want to see that. Ba it's a base plate. So I don't, yeah. I, don't wanna, I don't think it looks as good on the side as when it actually is doing what it's meant to be doing, which is functioning as the base. That's interesting. You know, Gary, I, I can't give you the 100% answer as I did not design the console, so I don't know about the base plate. I do think there's some either exhaust or intake. Uh, it looks like holes on the bottom, so maybe that's what's causing that to always be there. But I will say the base plate didn't get me when it was horizontal. The issue that I had was it just kind of looks awkward, right? It doesn't look long enough in the back or it's a little bit too long, you know, side to side. It just looks awkward being horizontal. And I, I absolutely hate the look of it horizontal. So I will always go with vertical, but you know, if your entertainment center dictates, it should be sideways, just know that it's going to run the same. It's all going to operate just fine. And just make sure you have enough air intake all around it to make sure these things stay cool, you know? Yeah, it's going to be, again, it's everything's subjective. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that think it looks much better horizontally. That's their subjective taste. Or, the, or again, it might just be the way that their TV is lined up or, you know, they just don't have any room to arrange it anyway other than, like, it goes on the shelf, you know, with all the other vertical, you know, components that we have. And it, it, honestly, it looks fine that way as well. I think it looks fine that way. But again, like, the for me, like, it's one true form is as kind of the monolithic tower. That's That's why Microsoft arranges it that way in all of its... Uh, you know, promo materials and press images like that. They think that's how it makes like the boldest statement. And they're right, I think. Yeah, they're 100% right. Gary, before we go into setup and games and all the fun stuff, I want to bring up, I don't know if you got to see the unboxings of the Xbox Series S. Now, these unboxings, of course, of the smallest console ever at the most affordable price over here for the next gen. My issue was, Gary, is you and I just came from the Series X, which is, of course, the top of the line, the biggest and the baddest. And this unboxing experience was incredible. I watched some of the unboxing experiences over on the Series S, and it was a little lackluster. It was missing the wow factor. And what I mean by that is when they opened up the box, it looked like it was just two pieces of like plain gray and or white styrofoam around the sides of it. And I thought they really missed the mark there, especially coming from the Series X, where it looked like they put a lot of love and care to elevate that experience. Did you get to see what it looked like inside of that box? I, I saw a little bit in terms of the comparisons, because again, that, that that I think that in the same way that, you know, when you pull out the the Xbox Series X, you kind of go, oh, wow, this is what it looks like, and it's cool, and it's like we haven't seen this kind of console design before. I feel like there may be potentially, I, again, I wouldn't know. I, I don't have a Series S. Microsoft, if you want to remedy that, you know where to find me. I am looking for a secondary box down here as a, uh, to stream Xbox games over on twitch.tv slash Gary Witter. But I feel like the statement that it's making that I'm, I'm, I'm seeing is that it's really small, right? It's impressive how small it is. Like That's the one thing that everyone's commented. Like, wow, it's really too, you know, it's not like PS2 slim small or anything, but like it's smaller, it, it, it's smaller than a console of that power should, should suggest uh, it is. I Again, I haven't done the unboxing. I haven't seen a ton of unboxings on um, YouTube or anything, but I wouldn't be terribly surprised if the like the unboxing experience isn't as premium as the Series X, because guess what? It's not the premium console. The X is. So that's where you're going to expect all the bells and whistles and, you know, the fancy packaging. If the, if the Series S experience is more of a, you know, kind of bog standard experience, 
Well, that's because it's more of a bog standard console. It's still really, really impressive. But again, we know that Series X is being positioned as the premium console and Series S is being positioned as the more value-friendly uh, console. And that that's really the reason you're getting it. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if the unboxing experience is kind of reflected in that. Yeah, it, I mean, you say it so well, Gary, and I'm sure the audience is saying the same thing. And it it's interesting, you know, I'm coming from this place of like, man, I just felt like it was lackluster, right? But you're right. We only unbox it for about three minutes until you just chuck that box out the window. You plug it in, you play it, and you don't even think twice about it. But just something as we go into the next generation, we were looking so well at this box. I was a little let down on the inside and what I saw with the Series S. Don't, but, yeah, don't, don't, don't knock the unboxing experience. Mate. The fact that you only ever get to do it once, for me, is what makes mm -hmm. it. It's like, it's like that rare orchid that only blooms like once in its lifetime for a brief period, then it's gone forever. <laughs> you know, it's like you only, get to, you, only, you only get to peel the feel, the film off the front of your new phone that one time, right? And it's like, oh, like, you know, nerds like us, we get off on that experience. And uh, this is the time of year when, you know, the, the, the new products come out and we get to do that. And so... Um, yeah, I, again, I, I really, I really appreciate the, the, uh, the effort that Microsoft went into making the unboxing experience itself feel special and feel pretty. This thing's 500 bucks. You know, you should be feeling like you've, you've, you've got, you've got your money's worth from the minute, you know, you pull out your pocket knife and, and, and break the seal on it. And I think, I think they've, they've succeeded, um, uh, with that. Of course, the one thing that is unfortunate, we talked about this on Eggcast, is the elephant in the room, Mike. Tell me. You know, you know what I'm oh, showing you right there. I'm missing a giant halo-shaped heart. A halo shape in my heart is right. You I mean, know that, you know, he's st he's oh. still the mascot. He still th I think belongs on there. But you know, like, we won't we won't. You know, we've, we've talked so much about the halo delay, but um, uh, it's 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 unfortunate that Master Chief is on the back. They're almost going to say, you know, maybe next time, kid. You know, like <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 meet sometime in the future, just not today. Um, but no, for, for for the most part, I would say everything up to. And we'll talk about beyond as well, but like you know, everything up to like getting you know getting all the stuff out and um, uh, uh, you know getting it unpackaged and just the fun little game of like you know rearranging the top of my entertainment center so I could find just the right spot for it and kind of checking it out from different angles in the room and going oh it looks good here maybe if I move it a bit over here that again that is all part of the experience not just turning on and playing the games but that first day experience of just like everyone again it's like it's like Christmas Day like put it, setting it up and plugging it in for the first time and doing that first kind of boot up like that's it, 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 because you only get to do that once it's you know you want to you want to have a really you know special time doing it and i had a great experience with mine well that was our unboxing let's move right into setting it up and of course playing games on it now please be mindful everybody out there listening and watching there's still a number of embargoes and ndas that me and gary are still under regarding new games and old games as well so we cannot talk about certain things, but we're going to talk about as much as we can. And really what we're going to focus on is the hardware itself, right? This console and what the experiences has been running around with it for the past week and a half. So let's get into the setup, Gary. This is one that Xbox has been talking about all you know month long. And something I've been telling my friends as well is, hey, download that new Xbox app. You know why? Because it makes setup super, super easy, Gary. I don't know if you got the experience, but for me... I thought it was really awesome to plug it in and instead of finding my old password for my Microsoft account, finding my Microsoft account email that's tied to all that jazz, it was, hey, download this app, type in this code, and it will automatically sync with your account and you're off and running. All your privacy settings are already there. They give you the new updates and you're ready to rock and roll. I thought this was the smoothest setup I've ever had with a brand new console. 
Yeah, I had I had a slightly more of a mixed experience, but I'm willing to believe that's just me. Like I'm like Sam Neill in Jurassic Park. Like the computer works for everyone else, but when I touch it, it goes on the fritz. It's just like <laughs> I've just got that bad that bad mojo when it comes to like technology. Like nothing ever works for me. Um, yeah, and but but the way that they're doing it is is yeah, have your smartphone handy for sure when you when you unbox this thing because I I th I'm not sure, but I think it, it it didn't even give me another option. It was like get your smartphone out because this is how we're doing it. Now Apple's been doing this for a while, you know, like set up you know Apple TV or whatever. Hey, if you got your iPhone around, just open it up right now and it will connect to your Apple TV and like feed it all your account settings and stuff. Um, and that kind of like ease of use is really really great. So I did bust open my Xbox app. Um, and it was already connected to my other, my previous console, my one X. So I did have to kind of fiddle and fart around with it a little bit to get it, you know, to, to, to connect to, to the new one. But once it did, it's like, there's a, there's an eight digit code you got to take. It just it didn't work as seamlessly as it seemed like it was designed to. But again, I'm willing to just say like, oh, that's just me being Gary and having the worst luck with, with, and you know, setting up technology. But I did very quickly. I got, I got past that, put in the code. And yeah, it found my Microsoft account and it and it you know populated everything and got set up very quickly. Did you know the kind of the day zero firmware update? That of course it's you know you again be prepared to do that. You're going to be downloading firmware on day one for sure. Um, and then once it got set up, the only other hitch that I found, and I'd be interested to know if anyone else had this experience. Again, might just be me, might just be Gary being Gary. But when it was time to pair the controller, again very very simple. It just puts up a big image of the controller on the screen with the flashing. This is this is a One X controller, but you know, like right here, you know, this button's you know the main Xbox button is flashing. So just hold down the Xbox button and you and it will pair. Mine didn't. It just flashed and flashed and flashed. And I'm like, and like for like two minutes, I'm like, something's not working here. I don't know why it isn't connecting. Um, so I eventually went and grabbed a USB C cable and plugged it in that way. And at that point, it connected. Um, this is my only little bugbear with what's in the box. Um, again, I know they need, they want to keep the price down. It's not necessarily, um, required, but I think it would have been really nice if they had included a USB-C cable, um, in the box. Cause the other thing that happened was when I plugged in my, uh, controller, the first thing it said was, oh, guess what? Since you're plugged in, your controller needs a firmware update. And it was a pretty big firmware update as well. Like it was, it was updating for like a good minute or two before it was ready to go that's not necessary i don't think just to get running and start playing games if you want to have the most recent controller firmware on day one you know if you've got a usb-c cable for your nintendo switch or your phone or your laptop whatever it might be if you've got us have it ready because if you want to update that firmware or if you have any trouble syncing the controller wireless wirelessly you're gonna you're gonna want to have a usb-c cable um lying around ready to go microsoft doesn't give you one out of the box um, that might simply be because, you know, they, they give you two AA batteries instead. So you don't need it for charging. You would need a rechargeable battery anyway. But if you have any trouble with wireless syncing, or if you want to update the firmware on your Xbox Series X controller on day one or whenever, either order a USB-C cable now or like see if you've got one in your a spare one in your drawer or something because you're, you're gonna, probably going to need it. Yeah, that's a good one, Gary. I'm thankful that I was in, you know, the little streaming studio that I have in the spare bedroom and I had... You know, the Elite Series 2 controller that I always have hard plugged in to my Xbox and PC. So I was able just to quickly change that and plug right. it in, which was easy for me on my side. Speaking of the controller, Gary, I mean, here it is. The new yeah. generation of Xbox controllers. What do you think? I mean, this thing is the, this is the supreme, Gary, in my mind. I absolutely love it. I'm impressed with the little changes that they made that have gone a really long way. 
Is that the white? Do you have? The, is that the white one you have there? The Series no, X. No, so this is your Xbox One S. This is one of right. the later Xbox controllers right. that you've seen, and then this is the brand new one that I have. You'll see the share button. You'll notice a little more pronounced shoulder buttons, a little bit yeah. tighter. And uh, I'll tell you what, this is. I know I'm pampered with the Xbox Elite controller, Gary, and I love this thing to death. But if I didn't want to pay this steep price, this is hands down the best controller I've ever had my hands on. That isn't, you know, $250 like the other one. This I'll, thing I'll is be, the best. I'll be honest with you. I have the Elite 2 controller as well, and I love it. It's, you know, it really has that premium feel to it. Like, as soon as you get it in hand, you, oh, yeah, this is like the pre, like, you can feel like it's more like metal than plastic. It just has this real premium feel to it. It's it's heavy, though, and I found that in long gaming sessions, I my hand starts to strain a little bit more using the Elite 2 controller just because it's this bulkier, heavier item. Like, for, for me, like, for my daily driver, I would honestly rather play with, like, the Series X or a regular controller but i do think that the series x controller well first of all let's be honest they haven't changed it much like hold up your your series x and this is and this is a, and this is a this is an xbox they're not that different right i mean they're they're really not that different they haven't they haven't changed the the only the only thing that you can really notice that's different is okay, the share button which i'm sure is going to come in handy um the d-pad which feels like kind of a a slightly cheaper version of the the d-pad that i like from the elite 2 controller which is really nice and then you'll just notice that the top isn't beveled anymore. Like it's just this completely flat surface on top. I, I like the design. Let's be honest, Mike, as someone who loves the Xbox uh, controller, um, and I feel like they basically reached as close to perfection as you're going to get with the Xbox One, like the shape, the feel, everything just felt right to me. It doesn't surprise me at all that they didn't feel the need to kind of reinvent the wheel. Like this, this, this is not a major change. The share button is a welcome addition, I think. Um, uh the d-pad is definitely better um i really really like that kind of that that dish d-pad that they've kind of borrowed from the from the uh, elite two um and the other thing i noticed mike like the first thing i noticed right away is i'm sure you noticed as well the underside of it feels like it has like a coarser like a rougher yeah like to it like that, that has more like right, a sandpaper Gary. feel it's more I like grippy. that i like that as well how about this one got, gary yeah go ahead have you noticed the, you know, that grip is also on the triggers as well and into the bumper. Have you felt yeah, that at it all? Yeah, ju it just, it, the, the whole controller just has like more of a matte, like a rough matte mm -hmm. feel to it. And it's, it, at first you thought, oh, it's kind of rough in my hand, but you get used to it really quickly. And again, I, I now it's like, if I've got like a, a, a bunch of Xbox controllers lying around, the one I'll pick up is the Series X controller now, because it's the one that just feels the best in my hand. Conversely, for people that are interested in kind of the cross-platform comparisons i just got a playstation 5 controller yesterday because i ordered uh, you know one in advance to have a second one for when my playstation 5 eventually gets here the playstation 5 controller has a nice feel to it as well i much prefer it to the old dualshock design um but it's very slippy in the hand like the, the whatever whatever the finishes they've put on the bottom here is very smooth and it feels very slip not it's not, it's not like it's going to slip out slip out of your hand but it just feels it, it's very very smooth in your hand as opposed to that coarser rougher mm. feel and some people are going to prefer that I mean, again me personally i for me if i if i could only use one controller for the rest of my life it would probably be the series x controller i have this feeling that once all the games roll out the dual sense is going to end up and i say this as, a, as an xbox fan that the dual the dual sense is going to give sony a bit of an edge on some of these games with because it just feels like they've loaded it up with more gimmicks and gizmos the adaptive triggers like you know the the, the kind of the high definition rumble and a lot of a lot of the you know the microphone built in a lot of the magic stuff um that, that they've added to really kind of revolutionize uh it feels, it feels like you know evolution on the microsoft side and revolution on the sony side remains to be seen which one of those plays out better maybe a year from now we'll have a better sense 
Microsoft, I think, is adopting, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it attitude. I just have a feeling that on the Sony side, playing with a PlayStation 5 controller might be more satisfying with, you know, with the height, with, with the, some of the, you know, that they really have gone all out with those, those new gizmos. Maybe they're gimmicks, maybe they're not. We'll find out soon enough. Um, but uh, speaking purely Xbox, again, I was I already thought it was as close as you're going to get to like the perfect controller over what it what, you know the original they what did they go from the Duke right we all remember the Duke to uh, the 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 S which was the, the closer to you know something you can actually hold in your hands and then the 360 was an, was was an evolution of that but still kind of felt like a bit it, it was there but not quite and then it, for me it was with the Xbox One they got as close to that yeah now they it took them a few revolutions but they got it exactly right. And this Series X controller is just like, they just made a couple of little finishing touches to it. But, you know, again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Oh, yeah, Gary. I mean, you know, I don't want to bring it back to the PlayStation, but you brought up kind of like, you know, the quote-unquote gimmicks, right? The elevation that they're going to bring into the dual sense, And that's going to weigh heavily on kind of the game makers and developers to add in those kind of features to use that controller. One of my favorite things, though, for Microsoft, though, instead of putting it on the game makers, I love that they added this share button. Right, Gary, this is a big one for me as a streamer, as a guy that loves to play games and just share all the cool stuff I've done. The addition of this share button is next generation to me. This is what I've always wanted. And yes, I know there's going to be people in the you know comments saying, oh, you could have just mapped it. No, I absolutely hated the idea of clicking in on this Xbox home button, bringing right. up the side menu, clicking Y and or X to record or take a screenshot and it pausing my game stuttering my game in any way shape or form right now gary i have this set up to where you press it it took a screenshot if i hold it it will take a minute 45 30 15 second duration video whatever i want and some of the cool scary i don't know how deep you've dove into it it will now start to capture 4k images and 4k videos for you if you so want to do that right it'll probably take up more stored space it can only do 30 second um 4k videos there's two options on that but i thought that was really cool and a great welcomed addition is this share button and the elevation of hey show off what you do and share that's what i'm all about yeah i was kind of on the fence about the share button because you know it's been there through all through the playstation 4 generation i actually don't like where they put the share button on the on the dualshock 4 i think it's like in a slightly kind of awkward position the way the way they have it positioned um this one's obviously much more like front and center easy to grab but i i just i i think like until Four Guys came out, which obviously is a very shareable game, like you're always like sharing, you know, sharing. Oh my god, I got to, I got to grab that clip. This insane thing that's happened in Four Guys. I just never shared very much, um, but I can see myself kind of now. You know, I stream on Twitch, and uh, obviously the other thing you can, I presume that you can do this as well with the Series X is um, hook it up to your social media account. So if you want to share that and then post it straight to you know Twitter or YouTube or whatever, don't go on Facebook, but like on the other on the other services. Um, you'll be uh, you'll be able to just like get that straight up there right away, um, and so yeah. And again, I and I and I like just how quick it is. Like you said, quick tap for a quick screenshot, or uh, more important because I like who cares about a screenshot? But like, th- but you know, grabbing like the last thirty seconds of video because something insane just happened, and just holding the button down for a second to grab that, and then either again just keep it locally. You can do whatever you want with it, uh, post it to your own website or whatever, or you know have those sharing links so you can get it up on social media uh, really quickly. Um, I think I, I, again, I'm not the most sharey person in the world when it comes to playing games. Like there's, there's a few, it depends on how shareable the game is, but I'm not constantly like, "Hey, check out you know my latest you know 360 no scope or whatever." Mostly because I'm shit at games, Mike. Like I'm, no, yeah, I'm, but I, you're I never, nasty with I never do anything. I never do anything that's worth clicking that's worth <laughs> worth sharing unless it's like some epic fail. 
Um, but no, I, I like we live in a social media age and we live in the age of Twitch and uh, every you know, it, it, we live in this age where like if, if you didn't post it to social media, it didn't really happen. So, you know, I think I think I think Microsoft is it's a nod to kind of the you know, the prevalence of social media and Twitch in the um current generation that we're that we're going into that yeah it's it, it it's 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 such a common practice now that it's earned its own physical hardware button on the controller yeah and you know gary we've talked about the xbox ecosystem now right we're talking about your ones and your series consoles we're talking about playing on the pc we're talking about playing on your mobile devices and a big one for me is this xbox app right no matter where i get my clip from whether it be on my xbox one my s over on the pc side that clip immediately gets put on to my Xbox app where I can jump onto my phone instead of having to send out a tweet with the dumb keyboard on your console. Yeah, you can actually tap it around. out on your phone, yeah. I can type it in. Another really cool one I loved, Gary, is now you can download those clips directly. So a big one for me last generation that I didn't like, Gary, was is I would share these clips online and I would notice on Twitter, instead of showing the video where Gary scrolling through would just see it, it would have some dumb link that you had to click on right. and go to a site, right? right? Now I can rip that video right down. I can yeah. edit it if I want to. I can yeah. save it to my phone or I can just post it. And I really Embed love it into that a tweet. Idea. Yeah, so it actually exactly. plays natively. Yeah, so, so that's nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's so that's what I want. I want like just like a little, like a video capture gallery that will save to that I can access quickly on the phone. Uh, like you said, no, nobody really wants to use the the keyboard, you know, the, the thumbstick keyboard to tap out uh, a tweet. It's, it's, it's really painful. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be good. And now, now that that button is there, maybe we will, uh, you know, maybe it'll help, you know, build that, but Hey, the button's there, may as well use it. Maybe people, um, and it's good for Microsoft, right? The more people that are sharing clips of their games online, it's basically free advertising for their games. So I think, I think it makes sense, um, in a lot of ways remains to be seen again, how much I will personally use it. But I do think across the whole kind of Xbox gaming spectrum, now that that button's available, I think it will see a lot of use. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Going back to setup, right? I talked about my ease of setup using the app, how fast it was. Of course, you and I, here we are day one alongside the listeners and the viewers, right? Is it's time to download games. It's time to start to play. And what I really loved about what Xbox has done with backwards compatibility and the plug and play mindset that they have putting me the player first is here was day one. I turned it on. I selected the big games that I wanted to download that I'm currently under embargo, so I can't talk about them. But while those were all downloading, Gary, I took my hard drive from my Xbox One. I plugged that thing into the back of the Series X, and it was instantaneously. I was ready to go. I could start playing all of those games right away. And I thought that was something really special. Instead of sitting around the television waiting for a game to download at 40 gigs for 40 minutes, whatever it may take you, depending on where you're at, I love the idea of plugging in that hard drive and you are now set up and ready to go. No questions asked. Did you get to experience that awesome moment? Yeah, like I said, I also just want to make, uh, before I jump into it, I just want to make one other thing about the actual physical setup. Um, the HDMI cable uh, that comes in the box is of some interest. I reached out to Microsoft because I wasn't sure on this. I have all my cables running through the wall, like a professional installer, like drilled oh. a hole in the wall and throwed it. So when, the, so when the TV's on the wall, you don't see any like cable drops behind it. It's all, it looks very nice and neat. And I was like, oh, maybe I can just use the existing HDMI no. cable. Uh, they were like, no, 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 don't do that. If you want like full 4K, 120 frames a second and Hertz and flip-flops and trilinear you know, teraflops and all the stuff that you, if you really want like this, don't throttle it with, um, you know, any other kind of cable. And they said the one that we pack in the box 
is actually a really, really high grade, quite expensive HDMI cable, use the one that comes in the box. And so that's the one uh, that I use. Again, just a, just a cautionary tale, like just, I'm sure most people will, but like, don't think about just plugging any old HDMI cable into it. Definitely use the one that they, that they pack in because it is of a high enough HDMI specification that, you know, you're not, you're not going to miss. It's not like the Xbox is doing it, but the HDMI cable can't output it. They gave you the cable that can output everything the Xbox Series X can do. So just, you know, don't, don't be like me and accidentally think, oh, I could just use the one I've already got, you know, stuck in the wall or whatever. Uh, once I got it all set up, um, like I said, a couple of, had a couple of brief starter steps with the controller not pairing and the Xbox app being a bit pissy with me before I could figure out how to, you know, put in the code. Again, it's me, Mike. It's me. I, everywhere I go, it's I, definitely I, you, I, I find some way to break the technology. I'm the only <laughs> one that has this experience. Um, but once it was going, yeah, I, I will say the number one thing, um, and I've, we've barely barely scratched the surface of it. Right? We haven't actually really taken deep dives into a lot of the games yet. A lot of the games that, that are out there don't even have like the full Series X optimization patches available. So like the full, you know, Series X next gen experience, like we're still just scratching the surface of that, even in the time that we've had the new console. Um, but I will say that the next, the, the kind of the next gen nature of the experience is apparent the minute you plug it in and just start navigating. Like the, the UI is so snappy and so fluid. And I think you, you and I used to talk on the, on the Xcast, Mike, about how even on the Xbox One X, sometimes there'd be a bit of, there'd be a bit of input lag on the menus, yeah. you know, like yeah. the, the, the frame wouldn't update quite as quickly as you, as you wanted it to. On the Series X, it's just instant. It's so fast. It's so snappy. You can like go crazy with the controls, and it, and it won't like get caught up. You know, it's not going to get lost behind you trying to catch up. You know, buffering all your different inputs. Like it's so fast. Um, so just, that just feels fluid and snappy, and immediately kind of feels like a premium experience. The boot up time is super duper fast, especially if you've got it like in rest mode. You know, you can either like shut it all the way down or keep them, which is like the you know, the eco mode where it's consuming no power at all, but each time you turn it on, it's booting up from cold and it takes a little bit longer. But if you put it in that kind of sleep mode, rest mode, where, you know, you can just turn it on back on right away, it literally is instant. Like on the one, on the, on the Xbox one, on the one X, it was fast, maybe like five, five seconds or whatever on Xbox on the series X, it's instant. And it's like, Holy shit, that was fast. Like you are just not used to it being, being that responsive. And the biggest thing for me, and this is, again, because a lot of the games aren't even available yet or aren't fully optimized, uh, and we're not even supposed to be talking too much about like the specific game experiences, even just playing older games. Like my kid loves to play The Sims 4 on her Xbox One, um, now the Series X, and we love to play Minecraft Dungeons. Uh, I'm playing this game called The Tourist right now on the Xbox, which I'm really, really enjoying. The number one thing that you will notice immediately is that loading times are essentially a thing of the past now. The, th the 20, 30 seconds that you would wait for like Minecraft dungeons to load is like three seconds now. And I cannot overstate how, how fucking nice that is, Mike. It's just that there's no waiting around anymore, especially when you've got, I'm not, my eight-year-old's eight impatient watching that little Sims bar go like, waiting for the game to load. Now it's like, and it's done and you're playing. And it's so fast and it's so snappy and uh, not just booting up the game, but like, say, for example, when you're in Minecraft Dungeons, right? You know, when you walk around the camp and you buy and sell your weapons and disenchant your gear and all that. And do, okay, now let's go on a quest. You go on the quest and already there's like that resigned, like, oh, I guess I'll put my phone down and I guess I'll put my controller down and check, check my social media for like a minute or two while this loads. No, no, no. You don't even time to put your fucking phone down now, Mike. The game's, the game's like, ready? We're ready. 
two seconds and we're playing. And it's like, man, that is so fast. It is the number one. It's so simple, but until you experience it, I don't think you appreciate how um, game changing, literally game changing it is, right? In the most literal sense, it's the nicest, nicest quality of life improvement we could possibly have. And again, even on these really, really, you know, Red Dead and these games often like they take two minutes to load. That's not down to nothing, right? I think in some of the testing, that's like maybe 20, 30 seconds. That's still massively, massively improved. And a lot of these torturous load times that we were putting up with um, towards the end of this last generation, that's been completely reset. And for me, I don't know about you, Mike, but for me, that alone has just like completely transformed the experience. Oh, Gary, this has made this the uh, experience. Like you said, I mean, we saw a lot of people over that five and a half weeks of people getting the early copies and showing us what it looked like with load times and stuff. And Xbox even came out and said, hey, we want to make sure you spend more time gaming, not waiting around for things to load and or boot up. And it's the truth, Gary. And like you said, you don't understand it until you see it live and in person, you feel it, right? And I promised all of you out there watching and listening, if you've been keeping up with the X-Cast, I said the first game I'm going to play on my Series X is going to be Elder Scrolls Skyrim. And Gary, I booted up Elder Scrolls Skyrim I clicked continue, load into my character. Gary Witta, it took me seven seconds to turn the game on. And I was already in the world. I wanted to fast travel across the globe. It took me seven seconds. Normally, I would be sitting there spinning the dragon around, looking at the tips and things. I'd be grabbing my phone. It is so fast, Gary, that I don't even have the thought of grabbing my phone and even unlocking it. That's how fast all these games go. And Honestly, that's over titles. It's it's honestly the 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 biggest thing, and it's not the sexiest thing, but once once you actually kind of um, you know when when the rubber meets the road and you start testing it, you realize it is actually the thing you want the most. Like if Microsoft had said to me, we can like for the next console, you can either have like better graphics and you know better features, or or the games can be the same, but they'll just load so so much faster. Having had a chance to experience it, I'd honestly would rather have the faster load times. It is the number one quality of life experience i think because i think sony's doing the same thing right with their super fast ssd technology as well they were showing some miles morales stuff where you know you go from an inside to an outside area usually there'd be a bit of a buffer or a load time there now it's instant you're going to mm. see that across both consoles it is absolutely game changing and, and again it sounds like we're over hyping it but try, once you get your own xbox series x at home and start messing around with it and you see just how fast games load up and we haven't even talked about quick resume yet i'm sure we will uh, shortly uh, but uh, just how quickly the like the con when the console boots up from like sleep mode, was it less than a second? It's it's nutty. It's so fast because we've gotten used to these these uh, this last generation taking you know a little while to to warm up in the morning when you first turn them on or, or for games. Again, like we want to do that kind of resigned sign and sign a lot of these games where yeah, this is gonna be a longer wait. You know, check my phone or whatever. All that is gone, and it's it's a simple thing. And again, it's not the sexiest feature. But in terms of like your actual quality of life playing games on your console, for me, it's the number one thing by far. Oh, and you know what else is really cool, Gary, that I love is, you know, I'm a big multiplayer game guy. I love playing games with my friends. And one of the coolest was just like, I could jump into a party chat with them. We're playing all the same games with them. It wasn't that disconnect where I felt like, oh, I can never play with them until they get this new console, right? We're out there. We're running in Apex Legends and I'm cranking up the FOV slider and the game is still running smooth as can be. And we're all laughing in a party chat. And I thought that was really special to me as someone who values playing with their friends. I was worried, right? And past generations and so forth is, you know, we draw the line in the sand and you jump into the next one 
and we continue on and we don't look back with everybody else. So it was really cool to still be able to utilize those key features to still feel connected with everybody and be able to game with them. I thought that was really special to me. Yeah, and the other big thing that I really like, and I feel like this promise has finally come of age, Microsoft and Xbox, I think over the years, have always made a big effort towards backwards compatibility, right? And we they, they made big strides with the Xbox One with a lot of the old 360 and even the Xbox OG games being available in the cloud. And sometimes they would even up-res them. You know, you and I went back and played SSX3, you know, from, uh, from the Xbox One. And it's, it's nice to be able to do that. But it's always been a little bit like, it's never been 100% there out of the box. I always remember like when I would set up a new console, I would keep the previous one around for a bit just because there were some things and some games that weren't ready to come over and maybe they never would. So, oh, you know, I've got to keep this other thing around for a while, this legacy console, because the game that I want to play just isn't fully compatible with the new console or available or whatever. With this one, it's just all there. Like when, again, with especially with the with the account setup, you know, most of my games are digital anyway in the cloud. All I all I had to do was like go and physically like reinstall them from the cloud. The one like the handful of games that I'm currently playing, like Minecraft Dungeons, my kid plays The Sims Four, um, House Flipper, like a couple of other things that we're goofing around with right now. When I turned it on, it was just it was basically just like turning on the same console that I had, my Xbox One. But, but again, faster and and snappier. But all my games, everything's there in the cloud. All my games were there. Um, and everything that I've tried so far in terms of like the legacy games, the games that have been out for a while, um, everything just works the way it should, except everything's so much faster. Mm. Like nothing is, nothing is not optimized. Like, um, so far as I can tell every old Xbox one game that I've tried, um, is now like, you know, it's just inherently the series X version, not necessarily in terms of like upres or anything like that. They're going to need patches for that, but just being able to just pull the data off the drive and load you into a game so much faster. It's it's nothing short of miraculous, and I absolutely love it. That's a great one. Let's go into a quick question coming from one of our best friends named Some Guy Called Joe. He says, in reference to Jason Ronald's tweet from last week, have you tried any original Xbox or Xbox 360 games on this? And play. I'm curious about how every backwards compatible game actually looks or plays much better without individual patches when relying on AI upscaling. So, Gary, you really touched on it there. I mean, for me, I booted up Skate 3, and it was a lying. The load times were so much faster than what it was on the Xbox One with the backwards compatibility, and that was something really special because with the kind of weaker launch lineup, we're going to look at a lot of these older generation games coming off of your hard drive that you can plug in with USB, and we're going to try to play a lot of those. So I am impressed with the original Xbox games. I played Conker's Live and Reloaded. And it looked better. It felt better, which was really cool to me. What did you think of some of those older games as well? I haven't got, I haven't gone back any farther than the Xbox One. Like I said, uh, there's a bunch of Xbox One games that are currently in rotation in our house. And again, that was the nicest thing for me was to be able to swap out the console, but in a completely frictionless way. Like all, all, all we had to do, of course, was just reinstall the game from the cloud onto the onto the SSD. Uh, but like the games that are currently in rotation in my house are, you know, House Flipper and uh, Sims Four that my daughter's playing. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons that the whole family is playing. Um, and there's one other that, oh, and The Tourist. And we're playing all of those games right now. And they all just, again, it's just like having, it's just like having a mini Xbox One X inside the Series X. Like as far as I can tell, the the backwards compatibility at the one at the one, Xbox One level is perfect. There's a handful of uh, uh, older games like SSX3 and some others that I want to try out. I haven't done a really, really deep dive into like the, the multi-generational, let's go about two, three, generations back i'm not anticipating any problems right it works you could go all the way back to og games 
on the ser- on the One X, so I don't see why the Series X would be any different. I will be interested to see if those older titles like um, uh, the OG games and the 360 games will get any kind of additional glow up. You know, like, when, like for example, Mike, when SSX3, a, a favorite uh, OG Xbox game of mine, came out um, on on the Xbox One. It was it got a little up res. It got, you know, it looked a little bit sharper. It looked cleaner. You could tell you you, you were playing like a nicer, like an upscaled version of it. I, I'll be curious to know if if those performance up up reses uh, scale up to the Series X level beyond just the faster loading times. You know what, Gary? We're gonna have to play a lot more of them because I've played a couple and they look better and they do play better. It feels good to jump back and do an old school game like Skate Three or even go back to the original Xbox, like I said. And check out some of those classic titles that I know and love. And I am really happy with this team that put so much effort into it. You saw that 500,000 plus hours to ensure every single backwards compatible title, except for those Kinect games, will carry over. And I thought that was really special yeah. as well. And who wants to play Kinect games anyway? There's no, no great Gary, don't get me started on the Kinect. <laughs> you know me and Alana like that Kinect. You know we liked it. Yeah, well, Alana's not here. It's just you and me now, Mike. Exactly. Um, now half the panel doesn't care. It's right. No, and, and, yeah, and, 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 and of course, and just in the same way that PlayStation 5 has like a weird handful of games that aren't going to work for whatever reason. Yes. And, and it's fortunate that it's just the Kinect games that um, I don't think anyone's really going to cry a river over. No, I think, I think, they, I think they've done a um, brilliant job with it. And again, I just I, 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 I hate to harp on it, but I, I just I can't say enough, Mike. Load times, load times, load times. It's yep. the number one feature for me so far let's keep it with low times bj bernardo friend of the show writes and he says how fast does the game load from a usb drive compared to games loaded from the ssd internal drive is it slower or the same gary have you tried this out yourself have you seen anything no i know i, I have, have i have the official extra one terabyte storage chip you know the little the, the official one that they made it's like 220 bucks for an extra oh terabyte. you got the expansion I, card one, i have awesome, it on Gary. order i haven't tried it oh, yet okay, again okay, okay. what they're at what they're advertising is that 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 will upgrade your storage at the same level as the internal ssd that whether it's stored on the internal one or the external one um, you're, you're, you're going to see the same uh, performance upgrades. And again, you're not going to want to see any downgrade because I'm telling you, once you experience how fast that internal SSD can load things, you're never going to go back. And so um, if you want to play, and, and again, I think that more options will become available as time goes by in terms of third-party storage and things like that. But you're, gonna, you're going to want, and they're going to get cheaper over time, but in the, in the short term or the long term, you're going to want to pay the premium for whatever that storage device is that, that is fully certified velocity architecture, whatever kind of branded name Microsoft are using. You're going to want that. Don't, don't compromise with a USB 3 regular drive. You, I, I know you can store games on it and move them back and forth, and I think you can play games directly from it. You're just not going to see those super fast load times that are going to be your favorite thing about the Series X. So, you know, I, I would not want to compromise that by, by um, playing games off of a substandard um, remote drive. Okay. You know, for me, BJ Bernardo, I was the one who plugged it in right away. And I did notice a noticeable difference in how fast these things loaded up just being plugged into the Series X. Now, I can't give you the firm answer of you have to have it on one or the other, but I will say even having it on my USB uh, hard drive and it being plugged into the Series X, Halo 5 loaded up faster. Master Chief Collection loaded up faster. It felt faster than what it was on the Xbox One. So yeah, if you're plugging in your old school USB, you will be able to see some benefits of that 100%. I'm seeing games 
go much faster just being plugged in to the Series X. Yeah, and st- I know a lot of people are balking at the idea of the uh, the $220 for the extra terabyte. Most people aren't going to need it out of the gate. You know, you, whatever seven or eight games that you most commonly have in rotation, however many it may be, your hard drive is going to hold those games. And you don't start to juggle until later in the lifespan of a console when you've got lots and lots and lots of games. Um, and re- honestly, how many games do you ever have on the go at any one time anyway? If it's more than six or seven, you're starting to worry about your attention span, you know, because you're hopping back and forth between a lot of games. And again, I feel like we're getting closer to having that conversation about quick resume. But I will say this, again, you're not going to want to compromise on, for me, what is the best feature of the console. Storage always comes down in price compared to, you know, look, look at what, you know, um, a terabyte of, of, uh, of, of RAM or storage uh, cost a year ago to compared to what it costs now. It always gets cheaper over time. Um, I think around the time that you start to think, oh, it'd be nice if my Series X had a bit more storage, like maybe a year from now, there'll be more options and more affordable options on the market that will do the job for you. But again, just don't compromise. Make sure that whatever you get is like, again, it has that Velocity certified Microsoft thing on it because you're not going to want any kind of downgrade once your games start creeping into that external storage. Yeah, I'm not happy with the storage right now. Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, Of course, we know that the console is going to come with one terabyte. Of course, that is minus some operating systems, so it's less than that. And we even saw a report to a leak uh, from over here on GameSpot. Let me read that to you right now. So we have a small GameSpot article from Stephen Wright says, for those who expected to pick up the Xbox Series S in a couple of days, a leaker has revealed some potentially upsetting news. The console only has 364 gigabytes of usable space. Now, Gary, I say this to you because, A, I'm an all-digital guy. I have everything digitally downloaded. I love that, and I want to have it always downloaded, always ready to play. And you did make a good point. Am I really going above 12 or seven games? But I will tell you this. Currently on my Xbox Series S or Series X, I have 12 games downloaded right here, right now. And I'm currently at 63% of the hard drive already used up. And you and I have a big game coming out the week after launch, which is Call of Duty Black Ops. And right now they're having this speculation that it's going to be 136 gigabytes over on the Xbox yeah. side. So, so to, put, to put to put that in perspective, Mike, the number of games you've got in store, like you would have maxed out the Series S long ago with those with that number of games. Crazy, right, Gary? And when are we going to get past this one terabyte number? I understand it might be pricing, and I understand this, but like seeing that number of 364, I have 12 games. I'm already 64% in. I would have filled that up already with just the games I have on this console, not even without Call of Duty. What's up with this, Gary? Should I be concerned as a consumer that memory is going to be an issue here? Because I'm not a fan of that. I want more space. I want to digitally download games. For me, Mike, it's the biggest strike against the Series S. Um, And I think the Series S is going to do very well. I think it's a very, very smart part of Microsoft's um, uh, uh, overall strategy, like own, own the budget space, right? There's, it's going to be really interesting going forward because there's all the, there's essentially three different price points, right? 500 uh, at the top level for the premium console, whether you go PlayStation or Xbox. Then PlayStation's got this kind of interesting middle ground that they have all to themselves, which is the digital version of the PlayStation at, at uh, 399 I really hope that Microsoft follows suit. I would love to see a, a, a digital uh, Series X at the same price point follow uh, soon after. I think that'll happen. I hope it does. But then Microsoft camps out at the very, very low end, 299 for still a very powerful machine, right? It's a very compelling thing, um, and I, you know, and I, I think they said, look, we need we we need to own this this low end, uh, and I might wouldn't be surprised if that's where they like come up, build a box that is competitive, and we can call it a next gen box in all the ways that matter, 
but 299 is what we're going to sell it for right and we're not going to we're not going to build a box any more expensive uh than that so just make it work and so they had to make lots of compromises obviously you know it doesn't do 4k that's fine most people don't care about 4k anyway so a lot of the compromises aren't a big deal i guarantee you the one compromise that has teeth the one that's going to bite and it's the one cautionary thing that i would say uh, I understand why they did it because storage is expensive. I don't think if they could have shipped it with a terabyte at two ninety nine, they could have. They clearly couldn't. They had to make a compromise. But man, five five twelve gigs, Mike, in this day and age, and like you said, the UI and the firmware takes up what one hundred and fifty gigs of that. You're looking at maybe three hundred and change of usable space. You're gonna run out of space real fast. It leads me to believe that you know one of my good friends, Kevin, told me he looked at me and said, you know, Mike, when we look at this. Xbox cloud gaming that we see on your phone. And we look at the future of the moment you buy a game, instead of waiting on that download or ready for play situation, you just play it immediately through the cloud. It really lends its hand to like, Hey, could this Xbox series S three years down the road, become the dedicated streaming box. I know we talked about the small dongle, you and I and Alana on the past couple episodes, but here's a box that's competitively priced that could come down in price. Maybe all digital and maybe just leverages the power of cloud gaming and really shows you, Hey, you don't need all of this memory space when we could cloud game on it. That would be something special to me because 364 gigs. If that's truly to be believed from this leaker, that is not enough space for me to be happy where now I have to buy that one terabyte expansion card that you have. And it essentially comes out to the same price as an Xbox series X that I should have just bought. That's, area. I mean, that's the thing. Like, for example, like the like the dumbest force economy you could make right now would be would be to buy an Xbox Series S and upgrade the expansion. Because by the time you put those two things together, you may as well have just bought the Series X. More powerful machine comes with more memory built in. Like, it's so so it doesn't make any sense to think about upgrading the expansion on the Series S until some point down the road where the expansion options do get much much cheaper. In terms of it becoming a cloud streaming box, I think that's viable. I honestly think more viable is the thumbstick idea we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, like the forty nine dollar or the ninety nine dollar Xbox, you know, stick dongle like a Chromecast that just plugs right into the back of your TV. Because if you're playing games over the cloud, why do you need a GPU in the in the in the box in the first place? Um, and we're not, and we're still not 100%. I tried it again the other day, Mike. We're still not there with cloud gaming. We're getting closer every day, but until like 5G ultra wideband and like fiber, you know, Ethernet is rolled out everywhere, it's you're not going to have a. You, 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 it's very rare to have like a premium experience. Like if you hadn't told me, I thought I was playing this off a disc. Like I haven't had that experience yet. There's always a look. There's always a bit of telltale hitching or stuttering. We're like, yeah, this is pretty good, but I can tell I'm playing it through the cloud. Until they can like bridge that barrier and make it totally indiscernible. And I think they'll get there over the course of the next few years as the as the uh, infrastructure uh, rolls out and gets better. Once I, I, I tell you, Mike, I went, I walked, I was uh, downtown San Francisco recently with the new 5G iPhone 12, and I was found, and it finally, like, oh my god, I found the spot. It's like finding the treasure of the Sierra Madre or something. I found a particular block on a particular street where if I stood, it's like being in the map room in Raiders Lost Art. If you like, stand in the room. At a certain time of day, and you put the staff of RAR into the slot, the sun will shine through it, and you will get 5G ultra wideband. But you have to be exactly there, the right spot, the right slot in the ground, right as the sun comes up, 7.32 a.m. for like six glorious seconds. You will have the fastest fucking internet speeds you've ever seen in your life. And it's true. I, do, I, I dropped my wife off an appointment. I was waiting in the car outside, bored. I'm like scrolling through my phone. I'm like, oh, shit, it says 5G ultra wideband. I've got the good, good 5G. And I messed around with it. I did a speed test, played some videos. And it is in the same way that the super fast load times on the Series X are like revelatory. Like, remember the first time you saw an iPod or the first time 
you saw the iPhone or so you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, and, and the line between technology and magic starts to starts to blur 5g ultra wideband is like once that's everywhere and once we have that in our homes and once we have that wherever we go cloud gaming is is going to fly but but we just don't have the infrastructure there yet we're at the beginning of it now uh, i think it's probably a year or two away and again by the time that happens i think those dongles and the idea of transitioning a series s uh maybe like a 199 or a 99 box still like a set top box maybe still has a bit of muscle in it but you know it's predominantly predominantly for cloud streaming that's when it's going to be a lot more viable Right now on the Series S, I get it. I think it's going to be successful. I totally understand the strategy. I think it's going to be the choice and very viable for a lot of people. You have to remember, we had this conversation before. If you don't have a 4K TV, if you don't care about 4K, and lots and lots of people don't, um, the Series S is going to do the job for you. But the, the only real compromise that's going to really pinch is that storage space. Like How big is like that Black Ops install is probably going to be what? The better part of 100 gigs? Maybe more? They're big installs, right? You look, you're looking with, with, with the usable space on the Series S, you're looking at maybe three or four games and you're maxed. You download one Call of Duty, you've already eaten up one third, if that's to yeah. be believed with that 300 like we saw. And I mean, you're, you're maxing out. It's right, like you said, Gary. So that is my worry. I have ordered one Xbox Series S, so we will be able to talk about it on next week's show. But that is my concern right now, Gary, is downloading these games and enjoying this console. But if I only can have three, four games or a bunch of smaller games, is this really what I'm looking for? But I am happy, like you said, it does have the power to do the six, you know, 60 to 120 frames. It does come in at you know 1440. It's not going to push 4K. It's right. affordable. It's a sweet little box. But man, oh man, I'm going to continue to get stuck on that memory because yeah. I'm a guy. And yeah. that console's not, all digital, Gary. If, if you're not if you're not someone who's juggling a lot of games all the time, and again, quick resume is a feature built in that says, "Hey, juggle all the games you want." But again, you can only juggle as many games as can be held in storage and the 512 the 512 gigs is not going to hold a whole bunch so maybe you're juggling two or three games and that's cool as well but like you know you're not going to be doing that many i'm curious to ask you though mike did you order a series s because you're a freak and you've just got to have every xbox like you've already got a series x or and you want to test it out and you're just curious or do you have like a specific use case in mind for the series s at home yeah 100 percent. right i'm going to go give it to my little brother to make sure he can enjoy the next generation okay. and surprise him on a you know a christmas day but the biggest one for me was is i want to see what this console is capable of right we're touting it as the smallest box we're touting it as next gen the most affordable and i would love to see what this is really pushing compared to what you and i are seeing with the best of the best box right like we've had a really good experience with this i want to know if that holds up on this other console yeah i think that um I, 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 and the other the other area where I think Series S could potentially really find a market, and we know what a big emerging market is these days, especially part, this past year, as everyone's been stuck at home looking for things to do, is the streaming market. Right, streaming is exploding right now. Everyone, everyone and their and their sister is setting up a Twitch channel and streaming video games, and it's a big, exploding. You know, it's it's a big hobby. It's a big pro market. You know, the Twitch, Twitch streaming is bigger than it's ever been, and it's I think it's growing faster than ever. For me. I having an having an I want an Xbox to stream from having an, another Series X down here would be overkill because my my monitor here that I play on is a 1440p native monitor. Twitch until you know at some point down the road they upgrade it can only stream out at 1080p max anyway. So a Series X is overkill for a streaming box. A Series S is perfect for me. I save 200 bucks. 
I get to play at the native resolution of my monitor. There's not nothing is lost in translation going through Twitch because Twitch doesn't do 4K anyway. If you're mm -hmm. a streamer looking to stream the next generation of Xbox games, but you don't honestly save save a couple of hundred bucks, get the Series S. You know, I was looking at I was looking at the Sea of Thieves specs today. Series X, 4K, um, 60 frames a second. Series S. Still 60 frames a second, but 1080p. Again, that's going to be enough for most people. And it's certainly going to be enough for streamers who are capped at that output resolution um, anyway. Again, it's going to come down to the storage. If you like to juggle a lot of games, honestly, the big, the big factor might not be uh, 4K versus 1080p. It might be the storage space. The extra 500 gigs is going to come in really handy. Yeah. Let's talk about Quick Resume, Gary, because I know you've been eager to talk about it. So for you and I, and most of the reviewers out there, we were told by Xbox that Quick Resume was not ready yet for certain titles on the newer side, right? But it was ready for thousands of Xbox One, Xbox 360, and original, original games via backwards compatibility to test out Quick Resume, see what this is, because right now it's currently being patched for launch for us. So we didn't really get to see it in action with these newer games that we also can't really kind of talk about. But I was able to experience it with the Witcher with Madden, where I brought up an exhibition game in Madden. I was playing it. I stopped. I backed out. I jumped over to the Witcher. I started playing the Witcher, backed out, and I tested Quick Resume. And it's the real deal, Gary. This is the coolest. And also, like Alana said, I had a Quick Resume save or suspended state from two nights ago that was just sitting there waiting for me. But I was like, whoa, I didn't even know I had this open. And it was really cool to see how fast that turnaround time is. Because we've already preached about how fast the console is, but that quick resume, it elevates that kind of boot up to getting your game started. There goes all the logos on that intro screen to actually get into play. So that quick resume is actually really cool, Gary. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. So again, I've had, again, because again, I have the caveat that, you know, we're, we're, we're playing with um, the, the games and the system that are available now. We're not having the same experience that consumers are going to have, you know, a week or so from now when they're, because like, there, there may be another, my guess is there's probably another firmware push before this goes live, like day one or whatever. The, we, we got one just recently that brought it much closer, like nearest damn it to the retail experience. If there's anything like glitchy or not final, not retail about the experience I'm having, it's invisible to me because it looks like a retail experience to me. The only thing that I, and again, I won't mention the specific games because I don't want to, you know, uh, fall afoul uh, of the embargo because it's very complicated. I'm not entirely sure what we're not allowed to say. So I'm just going to be careful on like right now in the games that I'm playing pre-launch, um, not every game worked with Crick Resume. There was one, there was one modern title that I had. Okay, let me try this. Let me pause it. Let me just stop it right here at the menu, go into another game and try to quick resume back to it. It didn't work. It, it put me right back to the start of loading the game from scratch. And you know, when quick resume works, Mike, because it literally pops up the words quick resume in the top yeah. right corner of the yeah. screen. So you know, mm -hmm. when a game, is quick resume com uh, uh, compatible right now? I don't know what Microsoft has spoken to this, uh, but I'm not entirely sure if quick resume is necessarily going to be treated as like a universal feature across every single game, and they're all going to support it, or if it's on a case by case basis. My guess is it's going to be universal, and the couple of games that I that didn't support it is just because that that feature's not been patched in yet. Like for example, we know with a couple of the the newer games um, that we have access to right now, the full Series X optimization patch is not going to be there until closer to launch. So there definitely are some things right now um, that, you know, when you buy the box on day one on November 10th, you're going to get that we're not currently getting because they haven't put the final finishing touches on it. And I think universal quick resume is probably one of those things, but on games where it does work, um, 
Like we were, I, I think I was switching back and forth between like Minecraft Dungeons and one other game. And it's here's the thing. It's not it's not as magical as the fast load times. It's not like here's the game you're playing. The other one's right behind it. Oh, you want a quick resume? It's not like that. It's not that fast. It basically brings up another mini loading screen that and, and it'll pop up a little thing that says quick resume. You know how like you always know when your TV's doing HDR because it will say, hey, you're on HDR. Just put a little logo pops up so you know. Um, this will you will know when it's quick resume. Not because it's fast, but it will say quick resume. And you go, okay, great. Um, but it's it's more like okay, so you like this you'll bring up the Xbox sidebar, switch another game, and it will switch over to like this, and you'll get like a mini loading screen here for like anywhere between like five, 10 seconds at most, and then you pick up from wherever you were in your last game. And again, that's really great as well, especially if you've got, again, if you're a little bit OCD like me, and you're like, I'm bored of this game, I want to go back to this other one. Sometimes you don't want to do it, because it's like, oh, it's going to be like, what, two, three minutes before I'm playing it? Not anymore, five, 10 seconds. So that, that's going to open Did you up. mean like ADHD or ADD? Oh, so what did I say? OCD? OCD. Yeah. Yeah, I have yeah, that as well. I've got, nice I've got the whole fucking alphabet, Mike. He's got, got everything, bro, bro. I've got them all. I've got OCD. <laughs> I've got ADHD. You, you fucking name it. Um, I've got them all. Uh, yes, I have a lot of ADHD. So I'm bored of this game. Or I get frustrated, rage quit, go to, some, go to something else. Um, this, the, the reason why I don't do that a lot is because I don't want to wait two fucking minutes to load the other game up. But if it's going to be five seconds away, maybe I will become a bit more, you know, skippy around different games. Um, and I like, and I, and I, and I really, really like, uh, that feature. It's, I would, I would say like the difference between switching from one game to another is roughly amount about the same time as when you're loading in like a whole new level of a game that you're currently playing. Like again, it's five seconds at best, you know, kind of 10 seconds at most. It's it, again, considering, um, uh, you know, you go into a whole other game. It's pretty fast. I would love to get to a point where next generation, it is instant, like whoosh, that, whoosh, like a carousel of games that are all kind of held in live suspend states. And you can just like go, I, I think probably the next gen uh, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, but for right now, again, it is a really, really big step up. I said all along, Mike, for me, the things that excite me about the next generation are not necessarily the fastest graphics or, you know, the highest resolutions and that kind of stuff. It's just the, it's just the kind of boring quality of life stuff, which actually like day to day makes the most difference to your experience as a gamer usb-c charging it's not 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 a big deal you don't think but honestly the fact that i never have to fucking jam a micro usb cable into this thing ever again couldn't make me a usb when a usb-c cable slots in mike it has that little kind of it just slots in in a really satisfying way and it feels good it's almost got an asmr as opposed to a micro usb cable which i guarantee you was was created by someone who fucking hates people whoever whoever created that cable just hates humans like, uh, like even when you get it in the right first you got to get the right way around because you would get it wrong first and then even when you get it right it's like uh, you got to kind of jam it in there because it's so poorly designed usb-c cable just kind of like slots in there so nicely um that is gonna just little just simple little things like that, that over the course of the day someone like me that gets aggravated by like just minor trivial little peeves it's it's eliminate like waiting for games to load plugging in a cable just little things like that it's a, it's made so much of those kind of again it's not sexy but i guarantee you over the course of the next generation you're going to really come to appreciate those improvements in the quality quality of your life while you're playing these games no doubt gary and i really love the frames per second being high up on the list as well like you talked about the faster load times for me it is that hitting that 4k 60 right trying to make that the new standard of course games will choose if they want to go lower or if they want to go higher but i want to see that 4K60 hit on everything. And then I'm really excited of, okay, now it's time to go get that new upgraded monitor where I can do 120 frames per second 
with Ori and with Gears of War multiplayer and Halo Master Chief, because I want to see what it's like on that next level where, you know, this is that esports that gets me excited where here's these kids that are the best, they're frame perfect. And that is the difference between 30, 60 and 120. And to feel that jump and to know that this next generation, we're going to put a priority on that idea really means a lot to me as well. It's interesting because it says here on the box, Mike, 4K, 120 frames a second. I don't know how many games across this entire generation are really going to offer both. I kind of, I kind of feel like it's telling you, yes, we offer both of these, but like, is there, I don't know if there's a single next gen game on either platform that is going to run at 4k 120 frames a second. They're going to be trade-offs. Again, I'm not going to mention the the, the specific games because um, the embargoes are, are tricky to navigate, but there was at least one game that I, that I fired up and it still had the same. I, I, I had hoped, I had thought we might be past this, you know, the compromise of, do you want resolution mode or performance mode? Do you want to play in 4k um, you know, at 30, fr- 30 frames or whatever, or do you want to have like, unlocked frames? Uh, but you're going to be at you know, a lower resolution. Some of the, even as we go into the next gen, you're going to see this on PlayStation as well, are still uh, inviting you to make that trade off because they can't yet offer you both. I th- again, I think next, next gen, you know, when we have like cards in the next, in the next uh, generation that are probably equivalent to like a 3080 or 3090 now, that's years away for the console market. But for right now, the, the, the GPU that's in there, uh, the the idea of like 4K at 60, I think that's going to be limited to very specific games, maybe th- first party games where they're fully, fully, fully optimized to make the most of the architecture. But the idea of like playing 4K at 160 frames a second, 120 frames a second, I think that's going to be the exception rather than the norm going forward. Because I, I don't see a lot of I don't see a lot of that in the launch lineup yet. Bear in mind also though that the games that you see at launch are often the ones that are making. Um, not the best use of the hardware because the developers are still getting to grips with the hardware. I go back to the PlayStation 4 uh, Pro. Um, think about, for example, something like The Last of Us Part Two. That game would not have been viable as a launch title on PlayStation 4 because they just didn't know enough about the hardware to get you know, it doing everything they was doing. By after working with it for several years, they would learned so much about how to, you know, where all the shortcuts were and where, where all the little trick tips and tricks and how to fully, fully optimize a game. They had that hardware so down that they they had learned how to do amazing things with it that just weren't possible at the start of the generation. So the games that you're seeing now on Xbox Series X at launch, I think, are not are not showing you everything that it's capable of. I don't think you're going to see everything the Series X is capable is capable of until you know two, three, two, three, even four years down the line. Once the developers have like become really, really intimately familiar with the hardware and have learned how to squeeze every single you know, last ounce of performance out of it. Oh yeah, use that velocity architecture to the maximum, Gary. I mean, I know you got me excited. You probably got buried excited over in there in the producers' room, and I'm sure all of our best friends are getting excited knowing. That next week, right after they listen to this, they will be getting their new Xboxes and new PlayStations and will be jumping into a new generation. So what is like the final feeling you want to give to everybody to let them know, hey, next week, you know, good, bad, ugly. Where do you on what these guys and gals are going to expect? I just, you know, I think, you know, I would I would say at this point, kind of believe, believe the hype, get you allow allow yourself to get excited. Um, But also temper your expectations a little bit because consoles like like it just made in that previous point consoles is never are never as good as they can be and are going to be right at launch you're really playing um kind of you really kind of experience the console in a way in its worst state right uh, over over the over the over the next several years there are going to be 
um, uh, hardware revolutions of this of the of the Series X. There'll be like there'll be at some point there'll be an Xbox uh, Series X Slim or Pro or whatever, and they'll you know and they'll get more powerful and they'll get smaller. And you know we'll look back on the one we have now, and it won't seem quite so sexy. But right now, what we have is the state of the art. The games are going to be better in a couple of years than what we're playing right now. But right now, what we have, um, you know, they they look really really amazing. Um, just you know, get excited. Uh, but don't expect to be having like the, you know, like, like, don't expect to kind of be sitting there like with your hair blown back day one, like, oh my God, this is next gen gaming. Cause when you're just not going to get that out of the box, the launch lineup on Series X is a bit underwhelming. It's a bit underwhelming on PlayStation 5 as well. There's a, there's a, there's a couple of games out there that are, uh, that you know, people are going to flock to. Like I said, I've been most I've been mostly playing this game, The Tourist, which is not in any way like a hardware performance showcase for the Series X, but it's just a really, really fun game. And again, even games like that benefit from those instant loads because it's a simple game and it's not pushing a lot of a, a lot of pixels. Uh, you know, it's it's like a fairly low impact game on the hardware level. When I move from it's a series of islands, when you move from one island to the other instant and it's like oh my god this is so you know how sometimes like you you, you got to backtrack in a game i'm gonna go back to that level where i was previously like oh because you know you got to load or go stand in an elevator for 30 seconds or whatever while it loads every all the textures back in i'm telling you all that is gonna all that is going away and it's not just in terms of convenience it's, it's going to change the way that you play games you're going to be able to move around in an open world and feel better about backtracking to an earlier area whatever without having to go oh here comes here comes the loading again because it's going away and that, to me, is the one feature that stands out um, more than anything else. Next Gen is here. We're just at the beginning of the of the adventure. I'm super excited about it. I really can't wait to see, you know, where we're going to be two, three, uh, four years from now. But so far, I, I think Microsoft has done. Um, again, like I said, I've got I've got some, you know, some pet peeves, some complaints. You've heard some of them uh, on the podcast here today. But for the but for the most part, um, I feel like Microsoft has really, really delivered with a really fun easy to use non-obnoxiously designed um uh, uh next gen console that that you're going to love uh, to use i like all that gary i mean i'm going to agree with you on that one believe the hype and allow xbox to power your dreams because the moment i turned this on it felt next generation it felt like we took a jump from that xbox one architecture that we saw in 2013 and the different iterations all the way to where we are today in 2020 with this new console releasing it feels next gen. It runs like next gen. It's fast. It's powerful. And most of all, it's convenient. It puts me, the player, first, Gary. And that's what's really important to me. All my games carry over with me. I have an ecosystem that's shared from my phone, my PC, my consoles that all talk to each other, that all collaborate with cloud saves, with sharing of clips. And just that's what I want from Xbox. And I'm so eager and excited to get to next gen. And I will say this to people. Right, Gary brought it up. This is a little bit of a weaker launch lineup. You really have to find the games that you value and care about on the newer side. And then as well, you're going to be playing those older games that we talked about that will be those legacy titles carrying over with you that will see benefits that are really special as well. But if you're not going to jump into the next generation, don't worry. Because the best part about Xbox is they want to keep you with all of your friends. They want to ensure that you are gaming. And so when you are ready to jump to that Series S and or X, Later down the road, six months, a year, two years, you're going to be there because of smart delivery. All those games that you buy will carry over with you. They will see those upgraded versions onto the series systems if they do have those optimization patches. And I'll tell you what, that means the world to me. That's what I really care about here is taking care of the players and the people that play these games because we put a lot of time, a lot of money into this. 
And it's really nice to know that Xbox says, hey, we got your back and we're going to make it the best experience for you. So I'm really pumped up, Gary. Yeah, and I got to say, honestly, the, the more I think about it, you complain about it being a weak launch lineup. Launch lineups are almost always weak. I can't remember the last time a, a console launched with like an incredible lineup of games. Like it's almost never happened in history. Um, but uh, the more I think about it, the more it's, it's actually a pretty decent lineup. It's it's only a weak lineup if you're the kind of tribal, you know, console fanboy who cares about saying, well, I can play this on my console and you can't play it on yours because a lot of the big games. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, Gary. It's looking pretty good for PS5. You know Stop. what I'm saying? Stop. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, exactly. Gary, you know why it's a weak launch lineup? Because <laughs> Halo's not here and you know I can blow up and this guy that, Miles Morales, motherfuckers. Let's go. And that's, because... and that's the big deal is that Sony's got Miles <laughs> Morales. Again, deal. but there's only this only matters if you want to be in a pissing contest with your friends. I don't care about I that. Can I can piss farther fun than games. you, Gary. Let's go. Yeah. Gary, I want to play Halo because I only had one Halo throughout that Xbox One generation. I wanted to celebrate Halo. I wanted to play Halo on a new box on day number one. I wanted to cheer with Xbox and all the fans out there. And I am disappointed in that, that we don't get to do that. And seeing Master Chief on the box, knowing that that's not there hurts so yeah. so much it's it's it, look we, we, we've we've discussed it a lot it was a big big bummer for microsoft you know they it was a big fail for them it's been a bummer for everyone you'll you'll get it at some point in the future but for right now for launch yeah it's a big bummer um there isn't like you know what where, where's where's what what is series x is like miles morales equivalent they really don't have one and that's and that is a shame but again if you don't care about exclusivity you know assassin's creed valhalla watchdogs legion cyberpunks a few weeks you know after launch um, there's, you know, and, and don't forget, you know, Gears 5 and, and, and all these other, and, and Forza Horizon, all these games are getting these Series X glow ups that, you know, even if you played those games before, you want to go, you're going to want to go back and experience the full next gen, the Series X optimization. So there's going to be a lot to do on day one. But like I said, just, it's just, it's going to take a while, I think, uh, for the games to come and for the developers to really, really wrestle with the hardware. Uh, and I would say like next holiday, you're going to be going, oh yeah, like next gen is like truly, truly. Uh, arrived but there there is something about again it is just going back to the very beginning there's something in the design of the box when you first take that big ass black slab that big cinder block out he's like oh yeah something's different this isn't just like another console there's something there is the design of it the size of it the shape the orientation of it the aesthetic of it is a statement of itself and it is a way of saying yeah this ain't your, your daddy's xbox this is something new and um it, it's I, I i love everything about the the, the, the decisions that microsoft um have made i mean i'm super excited about the playstation 5 too there's gonna be a lot of great stuff over there i don't like the aesthetic of that console uh nearly as much but i i i i think that they might actually um flip around the uh controller wars for me this year i just get this sense that the dual sense with all the gizmos and gimmicks and tricks that it does might end up being like ah, oh, if it's on both platforms maybe i want to play the playstation 5 one because you know the dual sense controller is offering these extra features i don't know um but for but for right now you know we're here to talk about xbox um i you know i i i every every let me tell you this every time that i've kind of walked past it in my living room and i've kind of caught it out of the corner of my eye i've just, I have a, I had a little smile i'm just happy it's there next gen is fine we've been waiting so long mike this was a really really long generation the xbox one playstation 4 generation uh and now we're ready to take the next step and i'm very optimistic about the future gary i'm so pumped up about the future and to all of our watchers and listeners, I know we didn't really get to touch on a lot of games here coming with launch, but we will be touching on those next week. A lot of embargoes will be lifted by the time that we can talk again. So get ready for next episode to be celebrating the launch, hearing all of your stories, and talking games, games, games. So that will conclude this episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast. 
our opportunity to talk all things Xbox Series X with each and every one of you. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you are feeling the hype, and I hope you're ready to power your dreams on November 10th because it's right around the corner. Enjoy everybody's impressions. Enjoy everybody's hands-on, and we'll see you next week to talk about games. On behalf of Gary Witta, Barry Courtney, Kind of Funny, and myself, we'll see you guys all next week. Have a good one, everybody. See ya.